0: Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing on Impact Exposure. My name is Dave Harenke and I'll be your host for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing?
1: Uh, I, bear with me while I talk because I lost my voice. So
0: No, no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when you have to listen to me talk, you had might sound like nails on a chalkboard, but I have lots to say. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did you have a good spring break then?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Florida was a good time. Um, it was decent weather. I mean, I was in the northern part of Florida. I was in Panama City Beach, so it was, a l- it was a little chilly on days, but other than that, it was nice to get out of Michigan. The I heard it snowed here a couple times while we were gone. so.
0: Yeah, just a little. I mean, nothing <laughs> more rain, sleety kind of weather. Uh, yeah, I was in good old Michigan for uh, spring break week, and uh, my highlight came today. It was 42 and sunny. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, the weather is supposed to pick up the rest of the week. Actually, Paddy's Day... Supposed to be 57 for a high, mm-hmm. sunny, uh, beautiful. Last year St. Patty's Day as well was just a gorgeous day. So uh, it looks like it's going to be warming up, and hopefully it stays like that. Hopefully we don't get dumped on any more snow uh, for the rest of this uh, year. But uh, hopefully all of our listeners had a great spring break out there. You know, back to the real world. I hope you brought back a good tan. Didn't bring bring back any burning your uh, you know sensations. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do hope everyone had a great spring break. Uh, back to the real world. Like I said though a uh, lot to get to on today's show um, selection Sunday was yesterday so we will definitely be talking about the NCAA tournament and Michigan and Michigan State we'll also talk about Oakland Oakland got a bid into the tournament uh, we're gonna touch on two Michigan State football players that were arrested last week talk about that a little bit get to the NHL and concussions concussions actually uh, double what they were last year in the NHL and the NHL trying to <laughs> figure out what they should do or if they should or can do anything about this growing problem uh, also, get to a little Red Wings, little Pistons. We got it all for you. So, uh, let's start the show off, and we will start the show off with the NCAA tournament. Uh, like I said, selection Sunday was yesterday, and the field of 68 has been determined. Uh, your number one seeds are Ohio State in the east, Kansas in the southwest, Pittsburgh in the southeast, and Duke in the west. Now, Let's let's start, I guess, with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, they did make the tournament. Michigan State did have to sweat it out, though. 38 minutes on CBS sitting there, waiting, not knowing for sure if Michigan State was going to get in. But they did get in. They are a 10 seed, and they are playing in the southeastern bracket. And their first matchup will be on Thursday evening against UCLA, the Bruins. It'll be at 9.20 p.m., and this game will be played in Tampa, Florida. So a uh, good thing for the Spartans. They do not have to leave uh, the Eastern time zone. They don't have to travel west. They don't have to really get out of their comfort zone, go to San Antonio. So it's, that's a very good, that's a plus for them. And uh, starting with Michigan State, uh, Megan, um, you know, they had a pretty decent Big Ten tournament. Uh, you know, they squeaked out a win against Iowa on Thursday. Played a fantastic game against Purdue on Friday. Uh, just beat them down 74-56. to um, Just a great win. Uh, much needed win, I think, for this team to get into the tournament. And then uh, a letdown of a game against Against Penn State on Saturday, they lost it 61 to 48. They did come out the gates very strong in that game, but just could not maintain. Uh, you know, basically, the you know they were shooting very well, just couldn't maintain that the rest of the game. So, looking for looking at this game on Thursday, uh, you know, what do you seeing? Do you think Michigan State has a good chance to move on to the third round? Uh, and it is for all you listeners, I say third round because this year they have their first four games, which is the playing games that will start tomorrow. So it's all. I mean we're just it it's the second round first round technically so but uh looking at this game coming up what do you think uh for Michigan State Megan
1: Um I mean it's it's hard to say I mean I've heard from everyone that UCLA first round is going to be a win by MSU uh-huh. I talked to a lot of kids from Ohio when I was down in Florida and you know they're texting me right now going I picked MSU to beat UCLA and this is Ohio kids so <laughs> I mean it's got to be something big but I mean looking back at um Like the Big Ten games um, Big Ten tournament, sorry Mm -hmm. Big Ten tournament games um, Iowa was a little scary There was no no room for comfort during that game
0: Uh, That was definitely a very tense game the whole way
1: Right, and they they, I feel like they could have played better But when they came into Purdue It was like a whole new team It was insane i mean i didn't get to watch the the game myself um i was getting i was checking my phone i told you earlier i was was getting um alerts but i couldn't wait for the alerts because it was only halftime final so i was sitting there refreshing my browser in the car every five seconds to see what the score was because every girl i was with was like what's the score um but (laughs) it was it was never close it was like from what i can tell i mean kayla lucas did extremely well um it seemed like no one could catch up to him with points either. I think the next one, I, well, last time I checked, it was like six and that was Draymond Green and Kalen had like 25. Or um, something yeah. Or
0: Kalen minutes. put up a career high, 30 points. Yeah. Uh, Kalen Lucas, uh, absolutely owned that game. Uh, couldn't miss, um, his first half, he put up 18 points in the first half. Uh, basically again, put the team on his back and willed us to a win. Um, it was a phenomenal game by the Spartans. Um, they had a, a very large lead, uh, pretty, uh, going into the half. Uh, Purdue did eventually cut it to around, uh, 7-8 to eight points in the second half but Michigan State, instead of again making you sweat it out for the final 10 minutes of that game, they came back put together a nice run, got that lead back to 14-15 and just held on, like I said, 74-56 to 56 was the final, uh, Mike Keebler the Keebler stomp, throwing down a dunk at the end of this game, I mean you think he's going to lay it up, this kid, I've never seen him dunk in all of his years at MSU and he just elevated, uh, a very awesome exc- exclamation point to this game, um, that's a game that that's the best game the Spartans have played all season by far. It's the best win they've had by far against uh, you know a team that Purdue uh, third seed in the tournament. Um, it's very nice to see a, that team finally. Put it together for a whole 40 minutes. And I guess that's the question going into UCLA, which will be a difficult game. Um, I do think that Michigan State is, they did get a favorable draw being in the bracket. They're in in the Southeastern conference, Um, not as much competition, Uh, Florida being the two seed there. If we do end up beating UCLA on Thursday, uh, we will be playing Florida. If they beat their uh, UC Santa Barbara, they are playing the 15 seed. So I guess we can probably assume Florida will move on. But uh, so yeah, looking at, at The game, though, you know, do you think they're going to go on? Do you think you see another round for the Spartans here, That you know, the dance continuing?
1: Right. Um, I if, if I'm going to compare with the team, the teams that I, I read about, you know, that played against Penn State and against Purdue, I, I can see them pulling out a win, making second round. It depends on the heart they want to put in the game, though, because for a while they were, you know, oh, we don't care about anything. We not, might not make it to the tournament and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this team has so much potential that they haven't, Exactly shown, and like last year. I mean, I don't want to compare it to last year because this was a whole different team almost. Yeah. Um. But last year we weren't we weren't supposed to make it as far as we did, and I think as as they've said multiple times, many articles, Tom Izzo builds a team for the tournament. He doesn't build it for November December. He builds it for March.
0: That is what is said often. Yes. Yeah,
1: and so I mean, I I I can see him doing it. With the heart and the dedication, they keep everything up. Kalen Lucas doesn't get hurt again. Um, you know, keeps throwing up the points, getting career high 30 points. That'd be awesome. Like every game, I doubt that. But, <laughs> um, it's just, I, I do. I see them moving. I see them moving on. And if they do, and they I'm pretty sure going to go against Florida. It's gonna be an intense game.
0: <laughs> no, it definitely will be. And again, like I said, I think the Spartans got a favorable, uh, you know, favorable uh, look right here, being in the southeastern bracket. Um, it's definitely not as brutal as uh, Ohio State's uh, conference. Um, that's you know, I mean, their bracket in the east. That's ridiculously tough. The same with Duke. Uh, very tough roads there for uh, some number one seats. Pitt had a pretty favorable uh, draw there, getting to play in the southeastern bracket. But um, a real question, quick question to all of our listeners out there: uh, Do you think Michigan State? will win their game against UCLA and not just that but how far do you see this team going in the tournament do you see them making some magical run to maybe a sweet 16 an elite 8 or do you see them maybe fizzling out to Florida or even losing the first round give me a call 517-432-3893 uh, like I said, this game will be played on Thursday. It will be at 9.20 p.m. Right now, Vegas has MSU favored by a point and a half against UCLA, which isn't much. It's basically like a pick 'em. em uh, This is going to be a very close game. Uh, UCLA uh, have you know historically had good teams. They made it to the Final Four in 2006, 7, and 8. Um, they have a very uh, very good player in Josh Smith. 6'10", 300 pounds. Boy's a beast. Um, you also got Reeves Nelson and Malcolm Lee as their leading scorers. Uh, UCLA is a younger team, though they don't have any seniors on this team, um, it is a team that um, they've had some good wins, had some bad uh, losses. So uh, with this game, uh, like I said, it should be a real good game. UCLA has beaten BYU, uh, and they have also beat Arizona, and they did only lose to Kansas by one point, And Kansas is a number one seed for all you listeners, so it's going to be a very good game. I think. I think it's going to be close, competitive, um, and I'm seeing Michigan State actually pull this game out. Um again, past that I don't know. We'll talk about I mean, I guess we could talk about Florida right now because that game will be played on Saturday or Sunday. Um I see us getting past UCLA. When it comes to Florida, I have them losing in that round in my bracket. Uh It's nothing against Michigan State. You know, you said that, you know, you just made that statement that Tom Izzo coach teams are, you know, they're March. They're not February, they're not, you know, they're not December. But at the same time, other than that Purdue game, this team is not giving me a reason to really start advancing them in the bracket. I hope they play. I hope they, you know they move, get you know play very well and really move you know far in this uh, tournament. But at the same time, they haven't really given me too much of a good reason to put them very far in the bracket. I think I'd be quite biased and just love my school to do that.
1: Sometimes you got to do that.
0: Sometimes you do. I, I know. Sometimes that's actually gone against me, not putting State. I know people that just put State to the Final Four every year just because they go here.
1: Well, that's like my, my Super Bowl pick back in the day when I was going Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, just because they were my team, and then they lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm MSU, you're right. They do have a lot of talent. They have potential on that team, and we saw that come out in the game against Purdue on Friday night. That was the best game, yet again, they have played all year great on defense I mean yes they let Purdue get a little bit of a run but they played really good basketball um, like I said I think UCLA will be a W come Florida they're, the good thing about playing Florida is that Florida is really not a 2 seed Florida got very lucky to get a 2 seed this team is probably a 3 or a 4 seed and you know that does help us out Coming, come, it's just going to be a real tough game if they can get past Florida this team really could make a run it's these first two games that, obviously, you, know, you need to win them to move on. But these two games, for me, are the, you know, the deciding factors for this team and how deep of a run they can really make. Uh, let's move on real fast, though, to another team out of Michigan that made it to the tournament. Uh, the Michigan State Wolverines are in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, and, you know, quite deservedly so. Uh, Michigan, I, I believe, is actually better than Michigan State this year overall. Michigan State had a tougher non-conference schedule, without a doubt. Um, I do believe that Michigan has played better basketball, though, than Michigan State this year. And they're going to be playing the Tennessee Volunteers. That game will be on Friday at 12.40pm. Um, and that will be on True TV. The Michigan State game will be on TBS. Uh, this year, uh, for all you listeners knowing, uh, the games are not just going to be on CBS. There was a huge deal worked out in a uh, in, uh uh, April of last year regarding uh, who's going to be broadcasting these games. Um, like I said, there was a huge 10.8 billion dollar uh, deal for uh, the TV stations, and that is going to include not only CBS, but it, they're also going to be on True TV, they're going to be on TNT, and they're going to be on TBS. It's going to be the first time that all these games will be telecast on a national basis Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting tournament you're going to have different broadcasters out there Greg Anthony Charles Barkley you're going to have some of the NBA guys doing some of the games you're going to have your classic college guys calling a lot of the games Um, it should be a very interesting tournament Uh, basically just a lot you're going to be able to watch a lot more games especially if you don't have maybe more deluxe cable packages but quickly getting back to the Michigan Tennessee game Uh, you like I said Michigan got into the tournament as an eight seed and they will be playing Tennessee Uh, uh, which should be a heck of a ball game. Uh, Tennessee uh, this year, uh, basically ended up they ended up 5th in the SEC in the regular season. Uh, they did beat Arkansas in the SEC uh, tournament opener, and then they lost to Florida in the SEC tournament uh, this last week. Uh, Megan looking at Michigan and Tennessee... Um, I know, obviously, we're not big Wolverine fans. How can you be? <coughs> yeah. But uh, I am very happy to see them in the tournament. Uh, you know, all the love for Michigan is possible. That's good. Uh-huh. It's not like we're playing them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you know, do you see uh, two teams, uh, you know, from the state of Michigan getting into that second
1: round? Um I wish I knew a little bit more about Tennessee than I do. Um if I remember correctly, they're pretty they're pretty decent this year. Um
0: Yeah, they're, they're decent. Mm-hmm. Decent's a good way to put it.
1: Okay. And um I don't know, just just because I don't know a whole lot about the game. I know Michigan's very good. Um not very good, but they're they're better than we are. That's for sure. I mean, they beat us twice. Um but I'm always one to go for the underdogs. I don't know what it is about that. Um, I I don't see them go much further. It's not because it's Michigan. Not because it's Michigan. I
0: That's them. not. It's not. It's not a bias. No, thing. it's
1: not a bias. I can promise you that. Every time I make a bracket, if it's an eight and nine seed, I always pick the nine seed or the fifth and sixth seed. I'll pick the sixth seed or something like that. Uh uh-huh. um, It's just how I am. I don't know why, but um, yeah, Michigan. Michigan's good, and I think it'll be a, it'll be another good game, just like UCL and MSU. Um. I I'm, I'm I i can not really give much, especially since my internet is broken. I wish yeah. I could look up a little bit more about these teams, but um I I, I don't
0: know. No, no. I mean, listen, when it comes to Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee, um, you know, they had eight wins over top 50 RPI teams this year. Uh, They beat number one seed Pitt at one point this year. Uh, They did have some bad losses, though. They lost to Mississippi State. They lost to Arkansas and to UNC Charlotte. Um, And Oakland, our Golden Grizzlies on the east side of the state, actually beat Tennessee as well earlier this season, a team that we will get to in a moment.
1: I mean... Oakland almost beat us too.
0: Oakland did. They beat, yeah, it was a point. I mean, we beat them by a point. Oakland is a very good team this year and definitely watch out for them in this tournament. Mm-hmm. But um looking at the Michigan Tennessee game, again, it's just a very close matchup. 8 and 9. Uh the number 9 seed is 56 and 48 overall against the number 8 seed historically in the NCAA tournament. So, it's a coin toss. I mean, 8 and 9, it's just always a really good matchup. Um the Vols, uh you know, they're uh, pretty good. They're a very good rebounding team. Uh they do have some good uh, double figure scores in Scotty Hobson and Tobias Harris. So it's looking to be a good game. Hopefully, uh, honestly, you know, Darius Moore and uh, Zach Novak, Tim Hardaway Jr., my boy Timmy, you know, hopefully they can get it done. Uh, if Michigan does beat Tennessee, they're going to have a tough matchup in the next round. Uh, that is one of the unfortunate things sometimes of getting that eight seed is that if you win that round, you're facing a one seed more than likely in the next round. And they will, I mean, unless Hampton pulls. A, you know, a rabbit out of their hat. Uh, no 16 no seed has ever beat a number one seed, and I'm really down. Hampton is going to be the first to do that. But if Michigan does beat Tennessee, they will be facing Duke in the second round of this tournament. Uh, so, like I said, that's why I think the Spartans—they had an easier draw. It's a—it's a you know, get, even getting that 10th seed, you know, you get to play a not a weak two seed, but a two seed that's. A little overly inflated. Like I said, more of a three or four seed for this team. But uh, congratulations to U of M. This is their 22nd NCAA appearance. They're 42 and 20 all time in the tournament. And if anyone remembers, I know, I mean, any college basketball fan remembers Michigan did come in as a 10 seed in 2009 and defeated Clemson, uh, and they did lose in the second round to Oklahoma. But Michigan, this 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 type of team, they they actually play pretty well against the style of offense that Tennessee and Clemson had back in 09, and Tennessee has this year. Tennessee plays a more upbeat kind of game, fast paced gets out on the break, and uh, you know Michigan they can be they can score in flurries uh, when those guys are hot. Tim Hardaway Jr., Darius Moore, these guys. Guys can really get it done. So I'm looking to see two really good games here on Thursday and Friday uh, with MSU and uh, U of M. Uh, great to see both of those teams in the tournament. Um, I know that I, I knew Michigan would make the tournament, and after we beat Purdue, I didn't think it was a question of Michigan State getting in or not. Uh, I pretty much thought we, we punched our ticket with that statement win. But um, looking ahead, uh, let's get real fast uh, to the Oakland, uh, Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Uh, all of our good friends out there on the east side of the state, I know a lot of people that you know went to Oakland and had a good time there, and uh, you know they're making the tournament again, and they definitely deserve to. Uh, the Oakland Grizzlies went seventeen one in the conference this year. Um, they beat a top ten team in Tennessee. Um, you know fantastic coaching job by Greg Campy out there Uh, Campy's done a great job with this ball club Uh, very impressed with the the talent that they have out there on the Grizzlies and they're actually they got a tough draw Oakland got a 13th seed and they're going to be playing the fourth seed Texas Longhorns Uh, this game is going to be on Friday and this game's in Tulsa Oklahoma it will be at 1215 p.m. so the Golden Grizzlies as well as they play this year they do feel that they've kind of gotten a Little screwed having to play a team like Texas. Texas, at one point this season, was almost a number one seed. Uh, or, you know, it could have been a number one seed at one time. They did have a couple losses here towards the end of the year that I think hurt them. But, um, here's a quote from, uh, Campy. Campy says, quote, I've got to start over tonight because they were not on the radar in any shape or form. We knew that we were going to get a big name, so I thought it was going to be Kentucky or Florida or somebody like that. But I don't know how, out of a 13th seed, you get a number one seed in the country. That surprises me. And that's Campy basically again saying that Texas is much better than a four seed. They're practically playing a, a possible number one seed. Uh, for the Grizzlies, though, um, I I personally uh, think they're going to lose. Uh, I I really hope they win. I just think they got a bad draw. I think they played fantastic this season. Um, you know they had a, they've had a great record. They've had a great run. And uh, I just hope for future success out there in Oakland. Campy's done a heck of a job with that program, and just needs to keep it up. Uh, real fast though, have you done your bracket yet, Megan?
1: I haven't. I was going to work on that either today or tomorrow, though.
0: Yeah, and that's real something that, for all of our listeners, uh, this is the first year that the field is at 68 teams. Okay, so usually you have until Thursday to fill out your brackets. It was very nice. You had most of the week to get it done. Not the case this year. Uh, You know, this is basically one of the biggest gambling days in office pools and everything. Everyone loves getting into the bracket, whether you like college basketball or not. You fill out a bracket. At least most people do. (laughs) And unfortunately, like I said, it's going to be rushed this year. Okay, the play-in games start tomorrow. Tomorrow night, which means you need to have at least a decent amount of your bracket filled out by tomorrow night, if not all of it. Okay. The play-in games are the additional eight teams that will be playing for the final four spots in the tournament. The 2 playing games that will take place tomorrow are going to be UAB against Clemson. That game will be at 9pm tomorrow. And you will have UNC Asheville against Arkansas Little Rock at 6.30pm uh, tomorrow as well. And then you will have the other two games on Uh, Tuesday, I mean, on Wednesday, excuse me. That will be Texas-San Antonio against Alabama State and USC versus VCU. And after that, the real tournament gets going on Thursday. And again, second round, my first round, whatever you want to call it. It's the second round. It'll start up on Thursday. And uh, that will be played. So you're going to have your second and third rounds uh, Thursday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday will be your next rounds. And then... You know, time to get going. The tournament goes fast. You know, we always wait for it all year. And before you know it, it creeps up on you and it's over. So uh, definitely get your brackets in if that's what you want to do, if that's what you're doing. I still haven't done mine yet either. I mean, I just haven't had time. It just came out last night at like 7. 8 o'clock. I mean, geez, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) But um, overall, we will definitely be talking more about the tournament next week. And like I said, you can definitely still give a call in at 501 432 3893 How do you think the Spartans, the Grizzlies, you know, the Wolverines are going to do? You know, do you think one of these teams is going to have a pretty decent run or we all going to flame out in the second round? So uh, definitely give us a call. Give us your opinion on that. But we're going to move on right now to uh, a story that I think you can count on if you're at Michigan State, at least every six months, you know, <laughs> fact, just a fact. That's all right. Fact. And this story involves two uh, Michigan State football players that ba- that have been arrested out in Aspen, Colorado, last week during spring break. OK, uh, tight end Brian Lithicum and linebacker Max Below allegedly tried to elude police officers after 1 a.m. Thursday following an incident at the Regal Watering Hole, where staff and Lithicum assaulted another customer. Now, Linthicum, you know he's going to be a senior this season, uh, coming up. Uh, Max Below, who is just a, he was just a freshman yet last year, he'll be a sophomore this upcoming year. Uh, Linthicum has been charged with third-degree assault and eluding a of police officer, and Max Below has been charged with a minor in possession of alcohol and also eluding police officers. So you can always count on someone to get arrested if they go to Michigan State. <laughs> Uh, it just seems to be the case. Now, real fast, um, again, this is third-degree assault. I do not know the specifics of this bar fight, how it happened, whether in any way it was justified. Um, probably not, but you know, you never know. These guys, again, eluding police officers. Uh, Brian Lithicum had to be uh, subdued with a stun gun. So, nice job, Linthicum. Uh, But um, these guys will be, they will have a hearing uh, on April 19th, a court date out in Aspen. And uh, basically right now there have been no comments from uh, MSU, uh, any spokesmen, you know, Lewanski, uh, Lewanski, the uh, athletic director, or Coach uh, D'Antonio. They have not made any comments regarding this incident. Um... The spring football practices start real soon. They start in two weeks. The spring game is April 30th, so about six weeks away. Um, real fast, Megan. We've talked about a number of stories like this before. Mm-hmm. What do you think of these guys, what they did, and what kind of punishment, if any, needs to be handed down?
1: Well, I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, as, as for punishment, um, I've, it's, they should be treated the same as everyone else, you know. Um like Chriselle Rucker, suspended for a while. Yep. They did let him back. I mean, you make mistakes, but I mean, it was the second time. I mean, if they if they expel, kick him off the team, I'd be extremely surprised. Oh
0: no, and I don't think they'll do that. And I don't think they
1: will either. But I'd be very surprised if they decided to do that. Um, I think yeah, a little suspension for a while, maybe the first few games, um, would probably be necessary for that. Um, But as for what they did, this this is getting a little out of hand. I don't know what it is with our teens. I don't know what it is with our athletes. Like I said, I said football. And you're like, yeah, well, basketball, too. And I was like, oh, you're right. You know, we got every sport. You know, (laughs) I I don't know what they're thinking. Um, I don't
0: think the soccer players get in much trouble.
1: No. (laughs) I don't know. Baseball or anything? I don't know. I don't hear too much about that either. Me either. I think it's just because it's the bigger sports. Because football and basketball, if they did something, they'd get a little bit of attention. But I don't think a whole lot. It's true. Um... Yeah, I I that's what I think. I think a little bit of suspension, let them practice in the spring whatever they can do that, but like when they get to the games, when it gets the game season, um don't I wouldn't I wouldn't let them play. That's how I feel.
0: No, I mean, I do. Um, I agree. I think they should probably get like a two game suspension mm-hmm. uh, for when the season starts. Uh, nothing severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't know specifics of this. You know, it's, it's all still alleged, but I'm doubting that. Okay. I believe Linthicum, he got into a bar fight and that's why he's getting third degree. assault that's why he's been charged with third degree assault. Um, max below, you know, especially with that kid, um, you know, Linthicum is going to be a senior. Okay. You know, he, you know, he should get his suspension. He's an older guy. He should know what he's doing when it comes to max below. I, I don't. I mean, he should be suspended, maybe for a game. I don't think his. He did not get into a fight. You know, he's charged with minor possession of alcohol. I think we all know. You know, you're 19. You know, we all drank at 19. I understand that. Uh, you know, he got himself involved though, maybe with the wrong guy at this time. You know, hanging out with a guy who maybe was uh you know, too blitzed, guy who shouldn't have been there doing what he was doing. Point is he's a young kid and I think he needs more of mentoring and just more just to sit down with D'Antonio and the coaching staff and really just to make sure that these kind of things aren't consistent in the future. When you're going into your sophomore year and you were just a freshman, you didn't play too much, and they're really looking at you to take over Greg Jones's position here in the linebacking spot, you need to get it together. I'm not, listen, I've got an MIP. I understand that it happens, okay? Point being, you don't want to be eluding police officers. You don't want to be running away from them. You just, if you're on the football team, and that's the thing, it, these guys are different than me or you they're different than other kids that go to school here. They are kids that are either on scholarship or nonetheless have the privilege to play for this university. And in my opinion, that requires a higher standard of respect and of just following the law and knowing the rules. That just if you're on a team in a college in college athletics, I don't care what team it might be, could be football, could be basketball, could be volleyball, it doesn't matter. There's a certain standard that in my opinion is higher than the average student it just is. they're giving you that much money to come here and play for that team, play for this team, you need to have a little more respect. Again, I do not think the punishment should be severe. Obviously, it's a lot still, you know, I mean, D'Antonio, he was at the Big Ten tournament, could not be reached for comment, so we have no idea how the school feels about this at the moment, but nonetheless, there needs to be punishment handed down. This is a consistent thing at this university. You saw the Rather Hall incident last year regarding the football players. You've seen guys like you said, Chris L. Rucker, you know, guys even like Lucius, I know that, you know, Lucius with his DUI, there's all this stuff. You can't, you need to put nipping in the bud, or, I mean, you're going to continue to have these issues, and we don't need that at this university. Again, we talked about this, Megan. Yep. Do you, I mean, I don't believe that we have more of these incidents than other schools, necessarily. I just think that it's just, it, the way this school is... It's a bigger name school. It's not. It's not a Duke. It's not. You know. It's not Ohio State. But at the same time, you know, those kinds of stories they get out. They leak out into the media more than if you're a school like UNC Asheville or if you're a school like maybe even St. John's or something like that. It's just, I think, you know, you see it a little bit more because this school has a little bit more publicity, a little bit more flair these days than other schools. I think kids get in trouble on teams at all schools. You just don't hear about it. You hear about the big things. You hear about Auburn's players getting kicked off the team for burglary and God knows what else. Okay, That's bad. Okay, That's real bad. But you don't hear about these little incidents of guys getting MIPs or guys getting DUIs from Florida or Duke. It's just not news around here, and you're not going to hear about it. So I think sometimes we might Think around this community, around this area that it seems to be a problem, but I think you see this in a lot of areas in college athletics, and we just don 't hear about it as much with the under, with the other universities around us I agree but um Let's see. About seven thirty, so we are actually going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be getting to the NHL and the discussion of concussions. And a real fast, uh, you know, question uh, for our listeners: Do you think the NHL needs to do anything to curb the issue of concussions? Uh, there was a bad hit against uh, Max Petriotti, uh the other uh, last Thursday. I mean, last Tuesday, excuse me, which he had a severe concussion, broke a vertebrae, and now the NHL is thinking what they should do. Uh, do you think the NHL needs to do anything about? this issue or hey it's just a violent sport it's hockey um, after that we'll talk a little red wings little pistons little nfl and we got it all for you this is a spartan sports Wrap on 88.9 wdbm east lansing you're listening to impact exposure
1: At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sitter Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. Good gentlemen. Want to hear our specials? Sure. First, we have the seafood special. It's been sitting around here for a week. We're known around these parts for our food poisoning.
0: Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. It's called A1C, a simple blood test that can help measure your risk of
1: complications such as heart attack. To find out more, go to www.diabetesa1c.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure.
0: Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. We are back and ready to talk. Don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893. Give us your opinions on what we're talking about or call in about whatever you want to talk about. You know, this is Sports Show. We can talk about whatever you want. But, try to make it sports, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> uh, plan. yeah, I mean, just just throwing it out there, <laughs> but um, we are like I said, we want to talk, I want to talk about the NHL right now and uh, basically the concussion issue that is going on in the NHL, and uh, right now, accidental concussions in the NHL have doubled since last year, and um, I guess today general managers are getting together and they're trying to look for ways to quote unquote slow the game down now like i said these hit these concussions have doubled uh exactly why you know tough to say um it is a very fast-paced game it's a very violent game um is it more violent than the nfl uh i don't think so but i think this it's a very close second um, when they uh, they did a study this year, uh, basically look all the general managers. Uh, you know they did a study looking at the concussions from this season, and the study concluded that forty four percent of the concussions this year have resulted from legal hits. Twenty six percent of these concussions were from accidental hits. Seventeen percent were from illegal hits, and eight percent was from fighting from from fighting. Excuse me, and five percent. They just didn't know. <laughs> it's, it's fine. The cause of 5% couldn't be determined. So there's just 5% hanging out there. But uh, nonetheless, the study has really concluded that more than 70% of these concussions are from accidental and legal hits. Nothing cheap, nothing violent, uh, nothing you know, uh, nothing intentional looking to hurt someone. Just playing the game as it is. Now, like I said, my question for the listeners, does the NHL need to do anything about this? you hear the general manager's talk about slowing the game down slowing the game down that gets me puzzled i don't know how you slow a game down how you how you revise this league that's been this is what's the appeal of the league the appeal of the league is that it's fast paced that guys are whipping up and down the ice and that you know you have some good checks and you know guys are going to get hurt that's the sport that's the business that these guys have signed up to play in Here's a great quote from general manager Steve Eiserman, He's the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He says quote It's kind of an odd thing that we're talking about it to slow things down. Players are bigger athletes. They're faster and stronger. The equipment is designed to shoot the puck harder and faster but now we're going the other way and looking at okay how do we make it slower? End quote And I think that statement from Stevie Eiserman really completely is my whole my whole point. What are you talking about? Slowing the game down. Um, I understand that concussions are a big deal. Okay, and in this day and age, with the technology we have and the information that we know, there should be more precautions for guys that do get head injuries and and you know just get hit in the head. There needs to be more than that. You saw the NFL come down, let you know this last season with heavier fines, bigger suspensions, and just more precautionary method, methods to make sure that these guys don't play little prematurely. Now I'm going to ask you, Megan. Do you think the NHL? What should they do, or can they do anything about this, or is this just part of the game? And you know what? Yeah, they've doubled this year, but you know what? Maybe next year they'll be, you know, half than that. Right. You know, if things happen differently each season. Right. So, what do you think?
1: I agree. Um, I, you can't control it. You said. How big of a percentage was just playing the game?
0: Uh, about 70%. Okay,
1: about 70% just playing the game. And, like, I think you said, like, 12% is illegal hits or yeah, something.
0: Yeah, 12% was illegal hits. Actually, no, I'm sorry, it was 8%. No, yeah, no, 12% illegal 12%, hits and okay. 8% was from fighting, excuse
1: me, yes. Okay, see, like, that's, it's just, I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I mean, I don't think they should slow the game down, of course. I mean, hockey is so fast-paced. It's mm-hmm. like puck here, puck here, puck here. It's like yeah. watching, like, a tennis match and, like, Ten times faster, <laughs> um, but I I don't think there's no, there's much they could really do about it. I mean, if you want to increase the fines and you want to make more money, go for it. I mean, I'm not I'm not encouraging it at all. Um, I don't think it'll do anything at all. I mean, if over seventy percent of it is because of the game, the like you said, this is what you signed up for. You knew you're gonna get hit. You knew you're gonna get like hit into the boards. I've seen people just wipe out, like nailed in the boards. Four of them going after a puck. Like, oh yeah. You know that you're gonna be fighting for a puck, and if you get knocked over during it, like. Get up and go I mean If you really want to look at it Their helmets aren't exactly Really nice <laughs>
0: Well I mean yeah I mean, the hel- They need to be able to skate right, I mean, yeah, yeah I know That's what I mean yeah. I,
1: Like you know You know that's how it works And Like I I tell people that all the time when they complain, they're like, "Oh, I hate, I hate that I have to go to practice today. I hate that I have to do this sport, like, all that kind of stuff." It's like you you chose to do it. Um, I mean, you can only complain so much before I stop feeling bad for you. It's like, all right, I'm done. But I don't think there's much they could um they could really do to enforce a better, like a way of just
0: a safer way. Yeah.
1: Unless they just took away hitting completely,
0: well then that wouldn't be. Yeah, then it wouldn't
1: be any fun. But like, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, the only way I could see making things better. And like you said, it's varies from season to season. Like it's just like a team. A team could be good this year, but it could be bad next year. Yeah. and it could be the same exact team.
0: Well, and I think that I mean when you look at even the NFL and you look at the NHL, um, I think that these leagues these days they're very reactionary, which means you see hits getting more violent in the NFL. You see maybe guys getting more guys getting hurt. Or just like the NHL, concussions doubled. And I think you see the league in itself and the general managers... Kind of react very sporadically, very, very quickly to a situation rather than maybe looking at it in a long term period and think, well, maybe this is just an aberration. Okay, yeah, they've doubled this year, but at the same time, let's look at it the last five years. How's it been for the last right. five? Let's not overreact to one season. Um, you know, blindside hits to the head were banned last year. Um, as a result, only one concussion. Um, has happened this year because of a blindside hit compared to uh, four a year ago. This is an article off uh, ESPN.com. Um another thing that this is a good thing that they're changing this is actually something I like and when you're talking about concussions this is what I want the league to do under the new protocol any player showing concussion showing concussion symptoms must be examined by a doctor in the locker room until now an examination on the bench by a trainer was the minimum requirement so now like I said they're taking more methods take them to the locker room have a doctor check them out rather than maybe thinking all right he's okay we'll put him in in a little while Mm -hmm. okay that that's that's what I like to see this league doing.
1: I mean, that sounds like a football game, even. They do that in football, don't they? Yeah. they no matter what happens to you. Or basketball. Yeah, no matter what happens to you. It's like, all right, you're coming back with us. We're going to look at you. And then that's when they sit there and speculate, like, oh, it could be this and this. Like That's when you hear that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, no. I've, I've had so many injuries that... I like. I don't. I, I. think that's what they should do.
0: No, definitely. And um, I just want to read a couple quotes right now from uh, Brian Burke. He's the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think Burke makes a great point when talking about just what you know, what how you can even solve this problem if you can. And Burke says, "quote People would be surprised how many concussions are from inadvertent contact." End quote. And then he says, quote, it's never going to be a safe workplace. It never has been. It never will be. But I think it's incumbent on us to see if there are ways we can make it safer without changing the fabric of our game. End quote. And that's exactly it. You can't slow the game down. You can't change the way that this game has been played. Sports evolved. This game has changed. The NHL as a, as a league has changed from going back to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, into now. Yes, it's a different game. It's a faster game. Point being, you can't change it. You can't change it. What you can do is put in the protocol like they have now, put in the methods to just try to be safer about it. Okay, Sidney Crosby has been out since the start of January with a concussion he sustained back on like January 4th. He hasn't played since. Concussions are a big deal. They're important to take hold of. They're important to just you know, manage. Back in the day, it wasn't as big of a deal. And I agree with being careful about this and you know being proactive about it. But let's not overreact about this I mean I don't know if you saw this hit and this is the hit the hit that sparked all this was on March 8th the Bruins were playing the Canadians and Zadino Charo of the Bruins was basically trying to get a puck from uh, Max Pectoretti who plays for the Montreal Canadiens and unfortunately he has had there's a it's an open ice area and his head hit the glass partition that extends uh, that extends up and out a little bit now that that's just an unfortunate situation Good thing the league. The league did not discipline him. Yes, he was ejected from the game at the time, but he was not fined. He was not suspended, as should be. When there's not intent, when there's not ill will, when there's not some malicious act going on, this isn't Todd Bertuzzi punching Steve Moore in the back of the neck and the guy becoming paralyzed. That's malicious. This is just the way the game is. It's a dangerous area of the ice. All hockey players know that. And you know what? It's unfortunate. I feel bad for that kid. Like I said, a very severe concussion. He's got a fractured vertebrae. But you know what? It's again the game you play. And it's just it's part of the business. You know, guys are gonna get hurt. You play a violent sport like you know, the NHL in the NHL or the NFL, you're just gonna have to deal with it. But it's good to see the league in some way trying to make certain you know certain uh, stands of making this a little bit better
1: I always said that hockey and lacrosse were and I'm sorry hockey lacrosse and rugby were for angry guys
0: oh rugby jeez. yeah
1: rugby is probably number one just because they don't wear any pads and it's like intense football oh yeah like crazy football but yeah I, I, that's how I always feel because I feel like they just go out there and they just love hitting each other and I feel like it's part of the game oh, and, and it, I, I think they enjoy it I really do especially like the fighting part no.
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, they always love a good opportunity to, you know, drop the gloves. And again, okay, yeah, you see what, 8% of concussions in fighting. Well, you know what? That's the player's decision.
1: They choose to do that. Okay, they
0: choose to do it. And like, I know we've talked about this before. You get rid of fighting, you are going to get some very, very dirty cheap shots oh, yeah. for guys trying to, you know, you know, some guy gets a cheap shot on some guy you're not gonna be able to drop the gloves and just get it over with. You're gonna have some bad slashes. You're just gonna have some dirty stuff going on. Try you gotta it. let the, the best thing that's always been said, you let the players police themselves when it comes to that thing. Right. Okay, the, the, tr- the rest police the game, the players police themselves. Okay? That's the way it goes.
1: Yeah, the dirty shots would come from the rebuttals. Oh, you did this to me, I'm coming after you now.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> now, instead of just dropping gloves. Hey, that's part of the sport. I love fighting in hockey. It's in it's just, you know, innate to the game. It's been part of the game ever since since this game has started, he can't take it away. Uh, but getting to the Detroit Red Wings real fast. The Detroit Red Wings will have almost all of their guys back on Wednesday when they play the Washington Capitals. Uh, Chris Osgood, Brian Rafalski, and Patrick Eves are all back and ready to go. Uh, Osgood was just activated off injuries uh, injury reserve today. Uh, he went under. He went. Uh, he underwent uh, sports hernia surgery two months ago, but uh, he will be ready. Uh, the Wings, like I said, they will be playing the Capitals on Wednesday and then they will uh, host... Uh, the Capitol, and then and then we'll be playing uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday. So Osgood will be back for, uh, back in net, in which is nice. I mean, Jimmy McDonald has been doing a great job out there, and uh, same with Jimmy Howard. It's really nice to see those uh, guys, uh, especially McDonald, stepping up, uh, being the young kid he is. Um, Osgood has missed 27 games uh, since that sports uh, hernia injury, but the playoffs are just around the corner. The Wings only have 13 games left. Their season ends on April 10th, so you know we need as many wins as you can possibly get. Uh, like I said, Brian Rafalski he's been out since February 24th with back spasms, but he is back. And Patrick's Eves, he's back since February 22nd when he had when he uh, got a sore groin. So basically, uh, Madano's back, that back, back, uh, everyone's back. Red Wings are completely healthy. Um, they played uh, two very, very good games uh, this weekend. Uh, they played Edmonton on Friday night um, at the Joe, and in a game where they were down one to nothing the entire game, uh, you had a feeling in Edmonton the worst record in the league. Um, but in hockey, you know anyone can win on any given night, just like really any sport. And uh, Edmonton came out, and uh, you know their goalie played fantastic, but the Red Wings stole one, uh, scored a goal with only about 26 seconds left in the third period to send the game to overtime. And then a beautiful, a beautiful overtime goal by our boy Datsuk with just about 50-some seconds left in OT to steal the win. Um, great, just, I mean, maybe they didn't play their best game, but um, great resiliency to come back and win that game. And the Blue, and uh, Red Wings did play the St. Louis Blues on Saturday night out there at the Sky Trade Center in St. Louis in a game that uh, the Wings were up 3-1. to Blues came back, tied it 3-3. to and the Wings put up two nice goals there in the third period to take that game 5-3. to three. Uh, Nice to see the Wings uh, get back on track. Uh, Wings had been struggling, had lost, uh, had lost three or four in a row, and good to see them back on track. Right now, they are sitting with 90 points in the Western Conference. The Vancouver Canucks are first with 99 points. San Jose right behind Detroit with 86 points, and I think that's the real important reason why Detroit need to get going. You don't want to have to fall to a three seed, or even a four seed. The Western Conference is so tight in their standings from the ninth seed all the way to the fourth seed it only they're only separated by three points so anything can happen here Uh, like i said the wings have 13 games left um it's getting to crunch time so go red wings
1: i feel like the season went by so fast it did we're gonna be talking about the tigers pretty soon
0: i know i can't wait i mean march 31st It's (laughs) it's really right there almost yeah I mean, it's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. But no, you're right. The NHL and the NBA have really just flown by. Uh, You know, just started up at you know end of October, basically for the NBA, uh, NBA, and two weeks earlier there for the NHL, and 13 games left. You know, in the NBA, not too many games left for teams either. Talking about like 14, 15 games for a lot of these teams as well. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the Wings can keep it up Uh, again. Back to back games Wednesday and Thursday. Capitals and Blue Jackets. So uh, check that out if you want to. Uh, Real fast, I want to get to uh, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, didn't you want to say something about um, the women's basketball? Oh, good call. Okay, since you were searching, I figured...
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, I, did, um, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about college basketball in general. But uh, tonight, it already started at 7 o'clock, so it started about 45 minutes ago. Uh, selection Monday for the NCAA Women's Tournament uh, is tonight. So Michigan and Michigan State are looking to see where they're going to be seated. Uh, projection, they probably have already come out with it, and I'm just I'm just blowing smoke. But uh, they've been projected as, uh, Michigan State's been projected as a 3 or 4 seed, and U of M likely as a 12 seed. So uh, I'll know when... When I leave the studio This internet's too slow For me to really dare Mess with it At this moment
1: Mine's not even working Yeah hers isn't even working (laughs)
0: We're living in the stone age here It's like a dial up over here
1: I feel like Very claustrophobic
0: Now it's like "Ah." like, I mean come on Let's let's get this better
1: (laughs) Typewriter Yeah exactly
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yes The women's team uh, They're looking to You know basically uh, Hopefully make a deep run In the tournament this year Uh, They uh, they won the Big Ten uh, Overall Played a fantastic uh, Fantastic season this year. It's uh, very nice to see the women's team have as much success as they have had, Um, and hopefully uh, everything goes well for them. Like I said, it's nice to always see uh, both teams out of Michigan get to the dance. Um, When it comes this time of the year, I hold no ill will towards Michigan when it comes to tournament time. i love to see them make it as deep as possible. Men's, women's, whatever it is, um, I'm not going to be a snob like that and just hate Michigan regardless of what they're doing or who they're playing. I think that's kind of childish. But, um, yes, the women's, that's going on tonight. So, yeah, nice to tell you at 745. You probably missed it. But, um, yeah, check that out on ESPN if you want. It's airing right now. Um, Getting to the Pistons. Uh, and what I want to talk about the Pistons is not necessarily, you know, is this team going to make the playoffs? Because they're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. This team's five and a half games out of the playoffs right now, Uh, you know, behind Indiana. This team only has 14, no, excuse me, 15 games left. They're not making the playoffs. Okay, unless they go like 15-0, and 0, they're not making the playoffs.
1: No faith. I mean, it's I'm not. <laughs> I just, no faith. I'm just kidding.
0: I mean, how much faith can you have for a team that's 23? I'm shooting and,
1: it at you. I know, I'm saying this. I haven't even watched one of their games. Yeah,
0: you've watched like a half.
1: I watched Yes, I did. Yeah. I did watch like a, actually, more like, yeah, a half. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Hi. <laughs> I have... Detroit pride over here
0: No, I do too And I mean um, I, Yeah, I don't think This team's going to Make the playoffs um, You know, they've had Their chances uh, They struggled on Their West Coast road trip That they just went on They played San Antonio On Wednesday In a game they lost 111-104 to 104. Um, If not letting San Antonio make 14 consecutive shots in the first quarter to get up 40 to 26. They might have had a decent chance in this game. Like I said, they only lost by 7. Um they played pretty decent basketball, but San Antonio was a superior team to the Pistons. Uh again, they had a tough game against Oklahoma City on Friday in a game they lost as well, and then they got blown out by the Nuggets on Saturday 131 to 101. Absolutely decimated. Uh yeah. Oh, God. I mean, this game, no, there's no defense. And the game was close for a while. I mean, the game was close even in the, up to the third quarter at some point. But I missed the whole fourth and we flipped back. Oh, jeez. Well, they just got dominated. But the Western Conference, I did not. I mean, I was hoping the Pistons were going to steal one win or something out of there. I was not expecting too much out of them when it came to that. But uh, real fast, what I want to talk about with the Pistons is not whether they're going to make the playoffs, because that's a moot point. But... um just right now I mean this is all speculation on my and your part mm-hmm. but um, you know with this team in the off offseason uh, you know what are you kind of seeing I mean is this team going to get sold soon I know we haven't heard anything more about this uh, is Rip Hamilton going to be with us I mean he's been playing a lot of minutes lately actually been playing well for us uh, which is you know very nice but you know after the whole fiasco with Kuster the alleged walkout mm-hmm. uh, him being benched for a month mm-hmm. uh, Tayshawn Prince being a free agent Kuster maybe getting fired I mean I know that's a lot there, but, I mean, what are you kind of seeing maybe in the off season for this team?
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Like, I mean, do you think this team's going to get sold soon?
1: I, we, the, the last show I was on, I wasn't here last week, but the week before, you are even like, yeah, they're, they're going to be soon, you know, within the next couple weeks. Oh, well, they said
0: yeah, it was a 14-day deadline. I
1: know, and now it's 14 days later. It's like 28
0: days later. Right?
1: And that's a, I don't know, I mean, we thought they were going to be sold back in, like, December. Um, I hope soon. I mean, really, we have no place in saying if they will soon or not anymore because we don't know.
0: No, we, yeah, they're
1: so all over the place. Um, I hope so, though. Yeah, for sure. There's just so much going on with this team right now. The whole Rip Hamilton thing. Um, yeah, firing coach. Ugh.
0: I mean, do you think we should? I mean, I know you haven't watched them a lot, right. but I mean, just from what you've heard about, you know, how the the little you know dissension from the players, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, this team last year they were 27 and 55. This year, 23 and 43 with 15 games left. I think they'll definitely top their win total from last year. But uh, should they bring John Custer back, or should or uh, we should we try to go in a different direction and that's easier said than done don't get me wrong it's not like coaches are just all out there like great
1: coaches (laughs) i think he should go um honestly if he's that big of a distraction and if this whole walkout or whatever this whole like scenario that happened a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. was actually you know uh they actually planned it and he's that big of that's he's that big of a distraction for the team. I, we've seen it through. I'm going to go back to MSU. We've seen it through the whole Corey Lucius thing, and we felt like the reason, you know, maybe a couple of the games that they lost was because of things that were happening behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, if it affects the team as much as this, I don't think it's the only thing that does. Um, but if it affects the team as much as it has, I think he should go. I think they should find a new coach. Um, obviously, he's not doing it for them. They're not uh-huh. they have a winning season. They're not doing well at all. Um, and I, I, I honestly think he should go.
0: Time to get rid of the Q, right. the Q&A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Kuster, uh, I think qster he definitely, he's a decent coach. Um, I, I don't think it's more or less his coaching style. I think it's his, uh, I just don't think he has the respect of his players. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, that's the main thing. When you, when you don't have control of the asylum then, you know, the players are running it. And that's the problem. When you, it's, it hasn't just been one guy. It'd be one thing if him and Rip Hamilton just weren't getting along. Right. You've seen it with Stucky. You've mm-hmm. seen it with Tayshawn Prince. Uh, you've seen it with a number of guys. And that to me is not just, it's a trend. It's not something that's just, okay, it's happened to one guy. They just weren't getting along. I, I, I don't believe that. Um, I do believe that John Kuster, um, you know, he, he's done all right with us. Um, I, again, just like with Joe Dumars and even Custer. at times you almost have to give him a, a semi-pass just with this team still being up for sale. And that more or less handcuffs Dumars, not really John Kuster. Uh But at the same time, this team's kind of been in, like I've said, a state of purgatory this whole year. Um, like we talked about with the selling of the team. We were talking about this story back in September.
1: (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. We have no room to say whether it's going to happen
0: soon or not. (laughs) Karen Davidson was saying that this team was hopefully, most likely, going to be sold before the start of the season. The start of the season was October 28th. It's March 14th. (sighs) Okay? And just kind of what confuses me is the fact that, like we've talked about this, you hear a lot about this, you know, Tom Gores is sitting there with Karen Davidson. All-Star Weekend. They're talking about it. David Stern making comments about the Pistons. Okay, 14-day extension, all right? Another 14 days. They're getting real close. Just kind of stuck on the financial figure. And then it just disappears. Okay, and I, it's just gone. It's like, okay. like for a whole month. It's like, what happened? <laughs> I mean, All-Star Weekend was, you know, it was like three weeks ago. And when was the last time you've heard a story about the Pistons and their ownership? I haven't. Mm-mm. I haven't heard a word about it. And it's just, it, it's kind of bizarre. Um, I really don't, I just, I don't know... Again, I, I have no idea. I do believe Tom Gores is still going to buy this team. I really do. Who knows I, when, though? Who knows when? I don't <laughs> know what's holding it up. Um, I, I understand with the possible lockout potential, uh, the NBA is going to be so, you know, uh, dealing with the same issues that the NFL is dealing with right now. How severe? It's tough to say. But um, you know, still at the same time, this team needs to get sold. You need to have just the supreme commander in a sense of an owner of this team and to kinda get this team in the right direction.
1: Right. I, I feel like they need a base. And I think that exactly. base begins with ownership. And then it slowly just builds off that. Then you get then you get a coach. And or you keep the coach and then you get the players respecting the coach or playing for the coach. And then you have a winning like it's just it's like a a pyramid effect, almost like a block
0: starts from the top down. And I've always believed that. And, uh, you know, hopefully things get done soon enough again with Tayshawn Prince. He's a free agent at the end of the season um knows, i don't know
1: who knows if he'll come back
0: i don't know yeah i don't think he will I, I know dumars has made comments saying that he uh, does want to bring him back i uh, love tayshaun prince how much are you gonna have to pay this guy here's the question he definitely will probably be the mid level exception but again how much are you gonna have to pay him and rip hamilton again i don't know he's been playing well now he's been back on the you know he's been playing but uh, who knows
1: what are they gonna do with him i mean what's,
0: what's he- gonna happen with rip hamilton i just i have no idea don't get me wrong. I love Rip. And, you know, yeah, Rip's been at fault, you know, this season for stuff. So has Keuster. You know, they're both not devoid of, you know, what they've done. They've both done stuff. It's not a one-sided deal. But at the same time, what do you do with this guy's contract? We have so many, you know, so many people in the shooting guard, and point guard position. And what are you going to do? You have Ben Gordon. You have, you know, Rodney Stuckey. You have, you know, all these guys. Something needs to be changed. He needs to go somewhere. and We need to get something for him. I don't know. Point being is that I know that we're gonna have a lot to talk about with this Pistons in the off season because we're not talking playoffs. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh let's see, we got about four minutes left, so I think I'm gonna get to the uh interesting facts. All right. All right. And these interesting facts are actually about business, just businesses in general, different companies, uh just interesting things. All right. And I did read one or two of these last week, but they were so good. <laughs> I want to bring them. I want to bring them back for you, okay? <laughs> and around. for all of our listeners who were, you know, just having a great time out in you know La La Land all week. Uh,
1: hey, we got out of here. The yeah, little yeah,
0: little you little got out of here. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. I was in East Lansing. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, here we go. Uh, the first product that Sony came out with was a rice cooker.
1: Huh. Now you think of them as electronics.
0: Oh yeah, they're not. I love to see their new rice cooker come out. (laughs)
1: High tech (laughs) buttons everywhere.
0: Oh, sleek. I bet it looks sleek. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, The first product to ever be scanned with a barcode was Wrigley's Gum on June 26, 1974.
1: Huh. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, I would have figured barcodes went back a little further than 74, to be honest with you. That's true. Not not a ton further, but it's just a little bit. 74, I mean, really, that wasn't too long ago. I mean,
1: if you think about it, even if you still go to the register, sometimes they still type in just prices. Yeah. Like the... just the
0: old school register. Yeah,
1: like... I mean, I can see it. I guess. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I mean, I was born in '86. So I don't know.
1: Oh, I don't know. I was born in '90. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> A little behind you.
0: All right. Let's see. Uh, the largest bill, uh, the largest U.S. bill uh, is uh, for the hundred thousand dollar bill. That's the largest U.S. made bill that exists. That exists. I don't think anyone has one. I was
1: gonna say. Well, maybe uh, those people who don't trust the banks with their money stick them yeah, under Yeah. Ma- mattress. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I love that. That much money under my mattress. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think it's really probably just around you, know, like you know, Fort Knox in the in the you know federal. Reserve. Right. I don't know how many of these are really in any kind of circulation. Huh. Be nice to see 7-Eleven break a hundred thousand dollar bill. What if
1: you lost that though?
0: That's why you wouldn't. That's, I mean, you just that's can't have it. it. That's why you don't want it? <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous bill.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, let's see. The largest cereal company in the world is Quaker Oats, located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Quaker Oats, people love their oatmeal.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean... <laughs> they make more than oatmeal, don't get me wrong. No, it's not just oatmeal. Then
1: there's Kellogg down in Battle, Battle Creek, yep. I don't know what they
0: are. We though. are definitely a cereal state. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the largest employer in the world is the Indian Railway System in India, employing over 1.6 million people. Wow. That is... Uh, bring some of those jobs over here.
1: Right, I know. <laughs> They're talking about this lockout and losing jobs. <laughs>
0: Come on! Yeah, we need a railway system, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The largest hotel in the world is the MGM Grand, which has five thousand thirty-four rooms, and is located in Las Vegas, Nevada.
1: Vegas?
0: It's in Detroit. (laughs) No, it's not that MGM. People, it's it's the one in Vegas. Uh, Let's see. The most dangerous job in the United States is that of a fisherman, followed by logging, and then an airline pilot.
1: Have you ever watched the most dangerous catch? Oh, Deadly's catch! Oh, oh yeah, yeah, whatever that one was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one, yeah, that, that stuff's insane. A
0: very, very dangerous job. Uh, make some decent money for working not too long, they make but a tough lot work. Of money. Yeah, tough work. Uh, the name Adidas was invented from the creator of the brand named Adolf Adi <laughs> All right. That's Sorry. that's the man's name. The first name. He's uh, like, oh, you're going to name Adolf. <laughs> Adolf. Uh, yeah, Adolf. Okay. Uh, the name Reebok was named after the African gazelle. Huh. And one final one, again, I read this yet last week, is my favorite one. The IRS Employees Tax The IRS employees tax Manual has instructions for collecting taxes after nuclear war. You are never safe from the IRS. They will get you even in a meltdown. Okay? Oh, no. But uh, I do want to thank all of our listeners that tuned in tonight for the show. A uh, quick little shout out to my daughter, Scarlett, her first show tonight that she's listened to. Thanks for listening, sweetheart. And uh, again, thanks to all of our other listeners for listening tonight. Uh, we'll Definitely have another great show for you next week regarding the tournament and whatever else pops up in sports. But for the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name's Dave Ferenke. And I'm Megan. And you guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune
1: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
0: Here and only here on Impact 89FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89FM.